Hi again, folks, and welcome back to NTI's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima again. Great to have you with us today. Thanks for tuning in. Before we get right into today's topic, just a quick reminder about our seminar in Tokyo. So that's Wednesday evening, 31st July, the end of next month, between 7 to 9.30 p.m. at Charlie Rose near Akasaka Station. We're going to be talking basics like deal evaluation, locations, pricing, and other criteria, and also common setbacks, particularly of the type that is unique to the Japanese market. And then we're going to hand over the mic over to uh, Paul Feinberg from Pacific Business and Modern Guesthouse Living, who's also based in Tokyo. And he's going to talk about, you guessed it, guest houses and share houses and everything related to managing them. So from types of leases for tenants or other arrangements for guests in case of short-term rentals that don't actually have leases, uh, furnished versus unfurnished apartments, and also some exciting cloud-based management tools for those types of properties and operations. Now, Paul's been doing this for a while and he really knows his stuff. So his presentation is gonna be packed full of super useful in-depth info and this is really a do not miss kind of opportunity for anyone among you who's got a pipe dream of running their own guest house or share house, um, either in a city or a holiday resort type operation somewhere in the countryside. So as usual, we're going to link to the uh, seminar registration page in the show notes. And we are already at about 40% uh, seated capacity and over 25% total capacity, including standing room. So if you want to make sure that you don't have to stand for the entire two and a half hours, or in case we do get completely booked, you don't want to miss out, not a bad idea to click on that link and register today. It's just an RSVP, so no advance payment of any sort required. You pay on the day at the door, and it's really cheap. It's just 1,000 yen, so about 10 bucks, including one drink, and definitely worth the amount of info that you're going to be getting, as well as the networking opportunity with other investors, and people who are interested in investing, people who are just generally into the property market here in Japan, it would be great to see all of you. Okay, so for today's topic, and this ties into again, or at least kind of ties into the guest house and share house discussion. We've mentioned medium term leases here in the past, or what's known in Japan as monthly mansion. And we have been getting a lot of questions from listeners as well as clients and potential clients about this kind of setup. So it's probably a good idea to unpack that into a bit more detail for you. So again, to reiterate, monthly mansion essentially means monthly rentals. So instead of taking on a long-term tenant, which normally means one or two year leases at least, uh, during which the rent cannot be raised and the tenant cannot be removed. And in most cases, that lease is automatically renewed unless notice is given. So monthly rentals are priced by the day and even that daily price can be different from month to month or even from day to day based on the season, the occupancy, uh, competition from similar rentals in the area and so forth. Now these rentals are for a minimum of one month and they can be done with a standard rental lease, which means that they don't fall into the minpaku, the short-term stay legislation for Airbnb type dwellings. And the advantage for the landlord in this scenario is that they don't have to comply with any licensing requirements or other limitations imposed by law or building management regulations. So if you'll recall, we've discussed here in the past that the new Minpaku legislation, which has been in place since June last year, and most likely will go through at least a few more revisions in the next few years, that's put some serious demands on landlords who are leasing their properties to guests by the day or by the week for short-term stay. So they can now only lease their properties out in this way uh, for about half the year 
unless they're licensed hotel or yokan operators, yokan being a kind of Japanese inn or guesthouse facility. And also they'll need to have a person on call 24-7 in close proximity to the property, normally less than one kilometer away. And local municipalities and city halls also have the right to further limit those operations in their particular areas of jurisdiction. And so building management companies uh, for co-owned buildings, for example, which almost in all cases in Japan now forbid this practice, cannot actually forbid you from doing monthly rentals. So again, in practice, what this means is that you can efficiently sidestep these requirements and these compliance issues if you run your property as a monthly mansion and lease it out by the month, while still generating far higher returns than you would have with your typical long-term leases. Now, while these properties are a bit less popular with tourists, because obviously many tourists are only in Japan for a week or two or three and are most likely traveling between a few locations, they are very popular with Japanese people traveling for work, uh, which is often for a period of a few months at a time or e- up to even a year or two, and also with longer holiday makers, so people who come to a specific city for a specific purpose, like studying Japanese or martial arts or some other art, etc. Um, local people who are staying with sick family members for a few months, and also with international students who simply cannot rent normal properties uh, longer term just because they don't have any personal guarantors and they don't qualify for rent insurance in most cases. So there's a very vibrant and profitable tenant base there and one that's not regulated beyond your typical rental lease regulations. So again, building management companies cannot forbid anyone from leasing out their apartment in this way. They do try sometimes, but they've got no legal leg leg to stand on. So the worst that they can do is hassle your property manager a bit but that's what these guys get paid for. And property managers who specialize in monthly rentals are well used to that. And they've got their um, own pacifying practices down to an art form as far as dealing with building management goes. So no skin off the landlord's back whatsoever. So the advantages in comparison with standard leases, well, aside from what we've already discussed, which is the fact that you don't have to comply with legislation and bylaws and so forth, Um, is the fact that these properties are normally used for singles, uh, couples, or at most maybe small families. And that means that there's far less wear, tear, and maintenance uh, involved in this operation. So it's not a guest house or a share house where there are five, six, or more guests constantly using the property and the facilities, moving in and out, far less hands-on management required. So no cleaning, no stocking up on supplies of any sort and so forth at least not while a tenant is in residence. And you can do this again with any property, including units in a co-owned apartment building, as opposed to Minpaku, the short-term stay properties, which can generally only be run if you own the entire structure. And even then there are plenty of compliance requirements that you do have to put up with. So not to mention the constant hassle of check-ins, check-outs. Now these can be managed by management companies as well, of course, but you'll always have to have your finger on the pulse with a share or a guest house to see how profitable it is on a daily or weekly basis. Whereas with a monthly mansion type property, you've got peace of mind for a month at a time at least, and that, that's a lot less of a hassle to deal with. So how do these management companies, or how does management of these properties actually work? Well, each big city in Japan would have at least one or two companies that specialize in monthly mansion management in that area, so the big city and the smaller um, bedroom communities around it. 
And the bigger the city, the more of these companies will be available. Now, their services vary. So there are some companies out there which will take care of everything for you, including furnishing the property, maintaining or replacing that furniture, uh, appliances as well, all at their own expense. So whenever that needs to be done, that's on them. And they'll even set up and maintain the internet connection at their own expense in some cases. So you might be completely free of any monthly payments, which would have to be incurred even if the property is vacant. And these companies will normally split the income right down the middle with you 50-50. Now, other companies will install the furniture and internet, but then bill you for it, as well as for any replacement or repair of any equipment in the property itself. And these other companies will usually charge anywhere from 20 to 30% of your gross income. So if you're wondering whether your particular area or property would be suitable and profitable for a monthly mansion scenario, you can start off with these companies who take care of the interior at their own expense in exchange for a higher cut, but at no initial expense for you. Run with these guys for a year or so, uh, go through the entire four seasons so you can gauge profitability, and then decide if you want to continue with them or switch to a different provider, which would mean furnishing the place and organizing an internet connection at your own expense, but now you know it's well worth your while. Utilities such as power, water, and gas, as well as cleaning between tenants is always payable by the tenants themselves. So that's never a concern. There's also a security deposit. And the best part about it is, if things don't work out for any reason, you can always go back to standard long-term leases. So it's a lot easier to switch from monthly to long-term than it is the other way around. So all it takes is to just stop taking bookings for monthly rentals. And as soon as the last tenant vacates, you can go back to your normal long-term leases. Whereas if you want to experiment with monthly rentals in a property that already has a long-term tenant in place, you'll have to wait for the right timing, give that tenant enough notice, which is usually six months prior to that automatic lease renewal date. So there's a bit more planning and preparation involved. So yeah, monthly mansion or monthly rentals, probably the best way to maximize your profit from any single apartment or even a small apartment building that you own, if you own the entire building. By the way, you can also get building-wide internet and other utilities connected, which gives you an even better deal and even higher profits on your monthly rental setup. So definitely worth looking into, especially if you've got a centrally located apartment or building in a large city in Japan, which tend to generate pretty low returns when leased out long-term uh, as a percentage of the purchase price. So. Leasing these properties out by the month is probably the best use of your funds. And what is equally important for many people, it also keeps the property readily available for your own use as well. So if you know that you're coming to town for a period of a few weeks or a few months at any time of the year, just don't take bookings for that period and you can use it yourself. Save up on hotel or Airbnb or whatever you used to do when you used to come earlier. Okay. That's it from us today. We hope this gives you a better idea of um, what these medium-term or monthly leases are and how to profit from them. We hope to see you with us at our seminar next month. So do RSVP if you know you're going to be in town or just show up on the day if you happen to drop by. And please do share this episode and the rest of our podcast with your friends, your personal networks, or anyone who may find these topics interesting. We'd also really, really appreciate it if you could leave us a rating or even better, a short review on the iTunes podcast repository, on Spotify, on Stitcher, wherever you might have found us that allows reviews and ratings. This does help us reach more people who might find this content useful. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us. And until next time, from all of us here at NTI, we wish you, as always, happy investing.